and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? My next guest is co-founder and chief ideas guy at Growth Engine, a 20-year innovation agency based in Westport, America. He has adapted a wide variety of creative thinking techniques to improve the selling experience and ultimately uh, increase the, the success rate. He has personally led over a thousand ideations and sales training sessions. He, he is also author of three seminal works in the field of creative thinking, including Idea Stormers and 21 Days to a Big Idea. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Brian Mattimore. Uh, hey, Janice. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to talking to you because I know that you have uh, a great way of uh, like a lens to to sales that's very much more customer centric. So that's really what I want to get into. But first, you said that you've got uh, you have a proven empirical validated creative thinking process to increase sales. So perhaps we ought to start there. Yeah, I mean, we use a whole bunch of creative techniques, uh, literally dozens, to help improve the, the chances uh, of making a sale. And um, one of them, for instance, is a technique called problem redefinition, you know, and, and, and that technique, for instance, with one of our clients, increased sales by an incredible figure. It's hard to believe, but they sent me a note and it said increased their sales by 52%. And and this is, uh, if, you, if your listeners are interested, it's a very simple technique. You know, in this case, we were, they, they sell life insurance to Catholics. It's a long story. It's kind of weird. But anyway, that's what they do. And I, I picked that one because what's harder than selling life insurance, but even harder than that to a specific target market. They only sell to Catholics, to your point about customer focus. And so uh, the primary definition is technique is you take the, the subject, verb, and object and redefine those. So how do we, it's normally the sales guy, but maybe it's the admin, maybe it's the board member. You come up with a column of those. Sell could be co-promote, co-market, advertise, whatever. And then to whom? To Catholics. Well, is a Catholic, a Catholic, a Catholic? Well, no. I mean, you could have, you know, lapsed Catholics. You could have Hispanic Catholics, grandparent Catholics, et cetera. So you come up with all these columns. You start combining them, right? So how do we get an ad? to co-promote our services to grandparents. And all of a sudden you literally have thousands of different ways to rethink about what you're selling, uh, how you're selling it and to whom. Wow, I mean, it's such a simple process, but it's, I think that we often go from problem to solution and there's so much in between, but our brain automatically wants to find a solution. So it's like it's the only solution. And it's only when you really start to break it down, you realize there's a thousand different options there. 
Yeah, I mean, we some of our clients have 20 in each column, right? So that's 8,000 different ways to redefine your challenge. And that's what all our work is about, to your point. It's about getting people to, to open up to new possibilities and new ways of thinking. Because frankly, it's hard. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to go call the same guy again with the same message. I want to shoot myself, right? And so this creates energy and excitement. And of course, it's work. You got to do the work. But beyond that, it, it, it really does work is the point. I'm interested, uh, uh, what was your path into creative thinking? Well, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household, right? My dad had started a division of Time Incorporated, became the second largest research firm in the, in the nation. And, uh, and um, so I, I grew up in an environment of ideas and I really was trying to understand, well, where did that idea come from? How do you get that idea? So my life's work and mission is to now popularize the structure of creativity. And I've spent the last 40 or 50 or whatever the number is, uh, years thinking about that and inventing new processes to do that. That's to me the greatest fun is inventing these uh, new processes. So the idea of inventing these processes is so that other people can follow that, that path. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that, because we're talking about sales here, and of course, we work in all areas, but specifically in sales, um, we were working with, with Unilever, I can mention it, and their R&D scientists internally were having trouble selling their ideas to marketing, right? So this is an internal sales challenge. And we wound up creating an, uh, a technique we called the billboard technique, very simple. You list the benefits of your idea, if it's a molecule, what are, what are the benefits? Um, what's an accompanying visual and what's a reason to believe? And you create a billboard and you, you have that billboard, you bring that over to marketing and all of a sudden marketing understands. You're not talking about molecules, you're talking about benefits, tumor. And it's a very simple example. I read an article in Fast Company, if anybody you know, wants I love to that. search that. I love that they, magazine. Yeah, yeah, they can search my name and it'll, it's the billboard technique or Brian Mattimore, whatever. So, um, but, 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 but the point is that's a very simple process for making sure you're thinking about what? Benefits versus features. And so that obviously is one of the major tenets and keys to sales, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you'll often find uh, technical people are thrown into have to sell. And it's really difficult for them to change their view of the world to actually get into who they're selling to and what's the terminology so that actually they could use that technique to get out of the kind of technical heads and into the well you know why would I want to buy this what are the, the benefits yeah it's a very simple trick frankly and 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 the guys you know the R&D scientists are wonderful because they're truth seekers and you show them this technique they appreciate it you know and and, and they actually had fun doing it because it was like a a puzzle uh, to be solved. Um, just because we're talking about techniques, I'll give you one other one that we created, and, and not that we created the generalness, but we've applied it to sales, is we've had um, guys who were selling a, a product or service. We said, okay, create a collage of everything that represents what you're selling, a product or service. So this is a magazine rip and wrap, take out the, you know, the visuals, the phrases, the words, and create a collage. Okay, now you got your collage. Okay, now step two, we'd like you to create a collage of everything your customer now, right, your customer would want or wish for 
in your product or service. And, and so then they do that and then you compare the two and yeah, they may be aligned, but in many cases, they're totally disaligned and clearly um, they have a challenge and a problem and frankly, an opportunity to begin to align uh, what they're selling with what the customer wants. I think that's uh, brilliant because sometimes I, I think when I'm talking and, you know, in training sessions and people are so linear in their thinking and it's only when you take them out and give them another language that when you bring them in, it's like, oh, I didn't see that before. I didn't understand what you were saying. Well, and I, I loved what you said, which, which is, forgive me, but I'll give you a third, third technique <laughs> um, around the language. Uh, we, in our sales training, we get guys to obviously change the language. And so, and we know this, uh, if they can talk more metaphorically or analogically or in pictures, create word pictures, they're, in my opinion, so much more likely to make a sale. And by the way, if they can link those pictures or metaphors or analogies to, you know, something on the client's desk, right? You know, they see they're passionate about baseball or football, or it could be anything. If they can link their product or service and say, yeah, this has these benefits, which are much like X, Y, and Z. And I'll, and I'll give you a real world example. This was an internal sales example. We had a, a client, um, a great company. Uh, they wanted to go national with their product before they did a regional test. And we said, no, no, see, that's a big mistake. You really do got to do a regional test first. And the guy said, no, the general manager, I want to do national. And so what I said to him was, and I knew he was ex-military. So I used an analogy. I said, well, in D-Day, um, you know, the, the Allies didn't attack uh, Europe. They attacked Normandy. And so obviously, you know, he got the analogy and we won the day, but I'm convinced that there is no way we could have convinced him if we had not made that analogical connection. And I think there's a real lesson um, here in that making it, uh, it's not only just about the language, but actually it's in the world that people live. You know, the analogy has got to sit so it's comfortable and it doesn't feel that it's some foreign thing out there and I'm scared of it, so I can't make that decision. Actually, as soon as you make it really comfortable for them because it's within their world of field of experience, then, then it's easy for them to accept. Yeah, you know, and it creates empathy, right? It yeah. creates identification. It creates a relationship. You know, I was uh, in an article I, I was writing, uh, it was about, um, you know, if, you're, if you see that the guy's a pilot, right? And you're trying to make a, a case that you're, you're more efficient, right? Well, maybe you then tell a story about Lindbergh when he was in the Pacific during World War II. Forgive me for these war analogies, but anyway. For, you know, you know, I'm really wondering about you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that was just having a couple. Anyway, um, he, you know, he helped the Allies' planes um, be able to travel 30% greater distance because he had figured out ways to adjust the manifold to make them more efficient. So if you know your guy's a pilot, you tell that story, all of a sudden there is a connection there and a kinship and maybe even a brotherhood that might take you know a lot more drinks than you want to have together <laughs> to, to, to establish. <laughs> tell me um, more, there's a, you know, there's an um, area on your website that I, I came across and it was uh, talking about, let me just see, um, trade initiatives. Tell me oh, more yes. about that. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh, thank you for, for asking about that, because this is really important, and it's been unbelievably successful beyond our wild ex expectations. Um, it's, it's a program we call TradeLink, and, and the way it works is if, if you're trying to sell to a retailer, um, the program that we built is we'll go out and we'll talk to those retailer customers about our, our client's product or, or shopping behavior. So if it's Walmart or Kroger or whatever, um, we'll go out and talk to those consumers and say, um, you know, you're in the seafood aisle. What are you buying? How's your experience, et cetera, et cetera, here at Walmart? Then what we will do, we'll do probably eight hours of focus groups. We'll create a 10-minute highlight reel of everything we learned, you know, the lighting, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the flow and all the rest. Um, we will take that down and then we'll fly down to Bentonville or out to Cincinnati for Kroger. And we'll say, okay, here's a 10-minute reel of the highlights of what we found out. Now, given that buyer and client together, let's ideate new possibilities of new products or services or way to promote these uh, for your particular store based on what we just learned. And oh my gosh, this has been so hugely successful because why? Because the buyer, in this case, the client, the sales prospect has been part of the creative, cr creative process. And so they, you know, we have found they call up our clients and say, hey, how's that new product coming that we invented together? You know, and so this is a key, you know, eternal principle of creativity and selling. If you can create something together, you get commitment from that prospect to make that thing happen. And, and again, this, this has been so much beyond our, our wildest dreams. Uh, you know, one, a session we did at Kroger, you know, six new products that they launched and that the Kroger buyer, of course, put in his shelves because he had co-created them. And by the way, when can you ever get three hours? with a buyer, right? I mean, because yeah. they're part of this ideation session. Yeah, yeah, which must be a, a, a real pleasure. I wonder, do you find that as, you know, until you created this initiative, but generally companies have been very risk adverse about creating new products. There's been a bit of the fear or there hasn't been this initiative or ways to actually do that. So what they do, I mean, Apple's brilliant at this. They just kind of iterate one aspect of it and say that it's this whole new thing and it's not really that new. So yeah. do you find that we're becoming less creative? Well, I think in the pandemic, certainly we saw, uh, you know, a, a pulling back because everybody had to figure out, well, how do we do a better job in our current distribution networks? Our supply chains are screwed up. We can't get our shipments from China, you know, on and on and on. So that was firefighting because it had to be done, right? But we have found that new products and innovation does, does become cyclical. You know, when there's a, a pandemic or a financial crisis, we found the firms do pull back and they're more about efficiency and saving money, you know, creative cost cutting. And we do do those sessions too, creative cost cutting, et cetera. But then, you know, once it starts to come back, we do see then a flurry of activity uh, for new products because, you know, grow or die, right? I mean, you can't just, you know, the world changes, new technologies uh, come in, new, new trends. And so, um, you know, we have found that after those sort of down cycles, then there tends to be a tremendous flurry of interest in new products. And by the way, you, you mentioned Apple. You know, I think it's a lot easier to invent a new iPhone than it is a new Oreo cookie, right? Because iPhone, geez, you can have the thing float in the air and you got mirrors and, you know, magic. 
um, you can incorporate new technology. With an Oreo cookie, you know, if you stray too far from what people think of as an Oreo cookie or a Chips Ahoy cookie, you know, they're not going to buy it. And so to me, the creative challenge is even greater with uh, closer in new product. No, I'm not sure if Apple would agree with that. <laughs> I'll take you. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, we get clients who disagree all the time. So, <laughs> so I want to ask you more about the um, trade and how we can. Um, so I'm thinking of B2B in yes. environment. And uh, I would see that a lot of the companies I work with and and. Uh, listening to this get this but they're thinking how can we fit this in to our methodology we have at the moment because there is this drive to hit quota and you know there is a certain methodology that each company is going to follow there we're all aware of the shortcomings but actually the the drive to change or to adopt these new things so how can you help us to you know, sell this into that type of organization? Yeah, I think, um, and and I think some of your master salespeople might disagree with me, maybe not, but I, I do think that the data will help make the sale. I really do. And and so it's in these times, the technology is, has come along so quickly now that you can get data about, you know, a particular product and interest from customers and all the rest. Um, in doing the research. Now, this could be expensive, more focus group research. It's moving to online. And so we've done now a lot of online research, but also some of the quantitative services now, um, you can, you know, for very little money, you can, you can find the customers you want to talk to, you can ask them questions, and then, you know, you can go to your client and say, we've just done research on your particular product, and maybe you spend $500 or $1,000, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. We've uh, researched your particular product and we have discovered X, Y, and Z. You're telling me that guy's not gonna wanna see that? Yeah. You know, it's like with, with Walmart and uh, Kroger and, and, and Home Depot and, and CVS, all these uh, US uh, retailers, you go to them and said, we just spent you know, X number of dollars on research on your particular customers or consumers they can't wait to see you, right? And so I do think there's a huge opportunity now because the cost of research has dropped so dramatically for B2B people to do very quick surveys. Um, you know, there's a, there's a company in the US, I'm not related to them, but I've used it. You know, you can do a concept test. Um, uh, it's called IQ, the service. You can do a concept test and we've done this. We put it out in the field and we got the results back in eight minutes. Wow. I'm not kidding. And, and it costs us, uh, two hundred dollars because it was like a dollar a consumer to ask the question. I mean, come on, right? So I, so my answer, my long, forgive me, overly long answer to your question is, um, get the data and get the research, and that'll help you make the sale, in my opinion. I think, I think it's uh, you're absolutely right. There is, um, I can't remember who's whether it's Foresters did some research um, that said that now buyers. Her, only 17% of their time is used with sellers. And then if you divide that into the number of sellers that they meet with, when you actually get them to meet, it's about 5%. So to find a solution in your whole day is about 5%. So sellers are saying it's so difficult to get in front of the buyers. 
Yes. But actually, yes. this is an open door, really. If you're willing to do the work, as you've said, then there's no way that that buyer would want to turn. They just want us even to discount it. They want to see what you've got. What opportunities yeah. have you found? Yeah, and I think two things. One is you can do the general research, and yeah, it might be specific to one customer, but frankly, it might be available for 10, 10 different customers, so you can amortize the cost against those. The other thing that I would say that doesn't really cost you anything except for maybe your time is to do trend research, right? And you can go, you know, different services, maybe your company subscribes to them or not, but you, but there are a lot of free services, you know, Cassandra and Sparks and Honey, Sparks and Honey and J. Walter Thompson, they all have, you know, free trend services. Uh, trend Hunter is fantastic. We use that all the time as uh, triggers for our ideation sessions and say, where is the world trending? Right. And so you get all these trends out there and then you say, OK, this is where my product and my customers products and services fit into those trends. And so then you're going to to the to the guy, to, to your prospect, not only with what you're selling, but what you could be selling or something um, that's going to inspire him to say, oh, my gosh, this salesperson has so many ideas. I got to see this person. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I think there's such an opportunity to turn salespeople into, you know, idea magnets um, and magnates or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> idea proselytizers. And, and why wouldn't you want to see that guy if you're a prospect? I think it puts you in another league because we, we do say that you've really got to know your customer inside out. You really got to understand their world. If you're going to do this research, that's exactly what you're doing. So you may not win that particular deal, but you've won the customer. And when you've won the customer, you've won them for life, really, because if you're willing to go that far and you understand them so well, they're probably going to bring you in as an advisor on something else, maybe a competitor product or something. So it sounds to me that it's really worthwhile making the effort. I God, I love what you I, I absolutely love love what you said. I, I wish I had said it that well because because it, don't it's worry, that, we'll have the recording because I can't remember <laughs> what I said. Because you know, it's about building the relationship. And and when you go in with an, a unique idea, you are unique. And and also you're looking at solutions for the guy, right? And and you have a, a position of authority in, in some sense because nobody else has that. And um and I do think that there's no better way to build trust and empathy with, uh, with the client than to be your go-to guy and say, oh, we're thinking of this thing. Oh, we got to talk to this guy. And all of a sudden you become not a salesperson, per forgive me, but you become a partner in, in future growth. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. I'm going to have to get you on again because I know we've still got loads more to talk about and I've really enjoyed this. But for now, let's let me ask you, if you're on a desert island on your own, what's yeah. the one thing? Now, you're, you're an ideas man. You're very creative. So I know this is going to be really hard. What's the one thing you would take on the island with you? Well, um, besides, you know, seeds for fruit and plants and stuff, we'll put that aside, right? Well, assuming there's enough to eat on the island and to survive. Uh, for me, it would, it would have to be... Uh, an iPhone with, you know, that could be powered so I could listen to the, literally the thousand audible books that I have, uh, the audio books. So it would, it would have to, it would have to be, the, and also, you know, Kindle books, it yeah. would have to be that. I mean, because okay. that's, 
the opportunity for to learn forever. And so there, therefore I'd be happy. Brilliant. I'm yeah. also curious as to who is your hero or shero, Brian? Um, I, I guess it would have to be Edison. I mean, I've studied, I've read, I've read a lot of what he's written. I've talked to the guys that run the uh, Edison project in New Jersey, looking at all his notes. I've interviewed his uh, uh, grandkids. I know a lot about even the family and, and his uh, creative process. So I, you know, I, I so admire, I, I so admire him. You know, one, one anecdote, when he got married, he was traveling on a train down south with his new wife and he's looking out the window and he sees the, you know, um, the cotton being picked and it sort of immediately thinks, oh, I can use a pneumatic device to pull out the cotton. And so the point is that, you know, it's always about being creative everywhere you go. Yeah. And, and, I, and I admire that. Lovely, lovely. So how can listeners get hold of you, Brian? Yeah, so we're uh, probably the easiest way is our website. It's growth-engine.com. And then if they search my name, Brian Mattamore, they can, you know, the my three books are, you know, on all the major sites and, you know, Audible, et cetera, et cetera. Brilliant. Lovely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast, Brian. Thank you, Janice. Really fun. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.